It's another episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. We're going to get to a couple different things on today's episode. Andrew Ladd has been placed on the IR. What does this mean for the Arizona Coyotes? Plus, on the other day, on the opening day for training camp media day, Jacob Trickman said a few things that might rattle some fans' thoughts. We're going to go ahead and talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Coyotes. Your Locked on Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik right over there, who was secretly dancing behind during the intro. <laughs> we got a great show for you guys today. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. <laughs> we are free and available <laughs> on all platforms. I'm sorry. I had I had to say that, Carl. <laughs> I literally do that like almost every time. I'm surprised you're just now noticing. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, there's a couple times in which, like, I don't, I don't notice, but, like, I've noticed it a couple times, but I never said anything. I'm just yeah. like, you know what, I feel, I feel like messing with you today. <laughs> I, I like the intro music. It's very fun. Uh, I enjoy it. And, you know, it's just kind of nice to, to rock out and prepare for a fun episode where we're talking about uh, injuries and uh, people not wanting to be in Arizona. So why not and- start with a dance? I mean, why not? You know, pump yourself up the best way you can. But like I said, we got a great show for you guys today. The um, Arizona Coyotes has a couple news coming out. Let's start talking about Andrew Ladd. Because Andrew Ladd um, did not pass his physical. And nope. the Coyotes put him on the IR. And that ma- that has some very important implications for Arizona. Yes. Uh, I. It, it does sound like this was an expected result. Like, you know, Ladd mentioned that he had been like dealing with an injury for a while. Uh, it's something where I'm sure when the Coyotes acquired Andrew Ladd, like we had talked about the fact that he may not even play for the team. He ended up playing, a, you know, most of a season, but still like there are injury concerns with this guy. Uh, I feel that because I am entering that age and I am not a professional athlete. I can only imagine the physical stress that gets on your body if you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the interesting thing, I think the most important part about all this is kind of considering the fact that Andrew Ladd's trade to Arizona included it included a condition um, of an additional uh, of an additional draft pick if he were not to play this upcoming season. Yes. So uh, this is definitely one of the, I think, more misunderstood things. I know I definitely didn't understand it uh, for most of the first year, uh, but the Coyotes get the additional pick if Andrew Ladd does not play any professional games in the upcoming season under his current contract and also does not retire prior to the conclusion of the 2022-23 regular season. 
So he basically needs to stay on IR, but the Coyotes can't put him on long-term IR because that would put them under the salary cap floor, which does kind of open the Coyotes up for being able to acquire like an additional bad contract. Let's say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that, that definitely does help a lot on that side and kind of see, um, you know, what they're going to do with that, because there's still a lot of questions regarding this roster that we don't know about. Um, and obviously Andrew Ladd didn't have that big of a role last year. I mean, he did play and he did have somewhat of a role and they came, yeah. and it also gives you the question of who's going to now replace him, um, on the roster. So there's a lot of moving parts to on that. It's going to be interesting to see what the Coyotes do with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to underscore. I imagine Andrew Ladd was a pretty good locker room leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't there. We're not in like the locker room between periods. So we don't know what's being said. But Andrew Ladd has been a like phenomenal player for many years on many teams. He is a bona fide leader. I'm sure he was a great guy to have in the room. Um, and you know, that is definitely something that could be missed. Like the coyotes are a very different team again this year. And I feel like they've lost like a lot of veteran presence and, you know, lad not being there is definitely part of that. And you do need people in the room to kind of keep the ship mentally going because it's going to be another rough year. Oh, it's gonna be a re- it's gonna be enough another really rough year. Um, no one expects the Coyotes to really make any any uh, surprising moves or any surprising um, you know splashes or anything. Um, I think the only decision is who's gonna finish last, them or the Blackhawks. Um, that's literally the only question about it. Yeah, although I guess the Athletic put uh, the Montreal Canadiens like just like below the coyotes i think in the most recent like rankings of bad teams uh that is to the start of their ranking of all teams uh so there'll be plenty of teams racing to the bottom here i mean Uh, the tank hard for bedard sweepstakes is strong yeah yeah it is uh and you know it's understandable, and you know I imagine we're going to see a lot of moves that you know are a bit unseemly in uh, a lot of you know pure size. And I think like Andrew Ladd going on IR versus long term IR, so the Coyotes can say like above the cap floor. That that may be one of those moves, unless. Like I said, they acquire like a contract to do it. Like that is kind of a a salary cap manipulation, although one that's not really talked about as much as you know what the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning did. Yeah, it's a different kind of salary cap manipulation. It's it's weaponizing your cap space. That's what they're yeah. doing. Um, they have all the space. It's like, hey, we're going to use it to our advantage, and we're going to friggin' do it. Obviously, we're not going to pick up debt. We're not, we're not going to go back to the old era of picking up completely dead contracts, like you know, like like, like the Pavel Dotsuk, Marianne Hosta ones. I mean, those worked out at the time, but they're not doing it. They're not doing stuff like that now because um, yeah. it just doesn't work. Out. It just doesn't make sense for them to do something like that anymore. Um, 
because you know you, they need they still need roster players um and they don't want to rush their prospects so there you go yeah i i will say this definitely like you know before the or at points during the uh off season i know i've mentioned like you know McBain or Smith or like one of those kind of players may start the season in the AHL. This definitely opens up a roster spot, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. Um, and that is you know, going to be very beneficial for those younger players if they are indeed ready to make the NHL. It does give me the question of whether or not they're going to give like a, you know, like a Dylan Gunther a couple games with the like a not then it doesn't necessarily be the full you know keep him up but a couple games like a game or two and be like all right let's see how you feel yeah uh i know one of the things we talked about last you know preseason was like uh bear is a juniors coach he knows how important juniors you know training camp is to make sure that the player is like acclimated I do think Dylan Gunther is like, you know, he's going to go back to juniors, but there's not too much more he can learn. So yeah, keep him around. Maybe even the full like, you know, game is available before you start burning that deal. Yeah, like right before, right before you can start, you you uh, the limit to where you're allowed to slide it again. Yeah. Unless, like, the team is doing really bad, in which case, get him out of there. Do not expose him to that locker room. Oh, exactly, right? You don't, you, you don't want to do that. that. That'd be a whole a whole nother story. But yeah. once again, Andrew Ladd uh, placed on the IR after not passing his physical, which means that the Kives get an extra draft pick in 2023. Um, and they will also... Uh, be working with the, the diff- one less player and figuring out how they're gonna, how they're going to replace that. We're going to talk more about that, you know, as we know more information, you know, and as as things come up. But we do got some more to get to on this episode. We're going to talk about Jacob Chikrin and some of the stuff he said on Media Day on Wednesday. I know you guys, some of you guys have probably already heard it, but we're going to talk about it on this show in just a moment. But first, I'm going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So I have a message, and that's that betonline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports rendering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's get back here on Locked On Coyotes as we talk about uh, various different things that happened this week as training camp officially opens for the Arizona Coyotes. Media Day was on Wednesday. We talked about a little bit about it um, on uh, yesterday's episode, but we teased it also today. I want to be on today's episode. Then Jacob Trickman said a couple things during his press conference, and it lasted. And these comments lasted about half his press conference. I tried, I tried to take as much as I can, but um, 
I guess the best way to do it is just to go go straight to what he said um, via actual audio versus versus actually me paraphrasing it. Right, Carl? What do you think? Yeah. Let let's hear what he has to say, and then we will discuss it. Uh, the Jacob Chicken saga is long, and we've gotten like hints at what's happened and how he feels. But let's hear it from the player himself. Yep, here is Jacob Chikrin. You know, the way things kind of played out, I think last year uh, the team had approached me a couple times, um, one before the season, one early on in the season. And, you know, we just had discussions on, you know, where I was at mentally and um, where the team was at, the trajectory of the team. And um, I think... You know, the team, you know, basically communicated to me, knowing, you know, the type of competitor and person I am, that, you know, they indicated if, you know, this rebuild was going to be something that was going to be, you know, hard or difficult on me, then, you know, I wanted to be in a different situation and get moved on, that they were going to be, you know, willing to do that and make that happen for me. And so um, there's a couple occasions where that we had those meetings, and um, I think throughout the start of last season, you know, I had a lot of reflection time and some really, really emotional, hard reflections with my, you know, loved ones and family. And and we ultimately decided to take them up on that offer and try to get moved on to a better situation. Um, like we talked about at the end of last season, just, you know, my desire to, to win in this league. And, um, you know, careers are so short. You know, the time flies by. I'm going in my seventh year here in Arizona, seventh year in the NHL, and, you know, it's just crazy. I don't want to, you know, these years to keep going by and, you know, be 10, 12 years into the league and not had a real good chance or shot at not only the playoffs but winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, you ask anybody that plays the sport at the highest level, they're all going to tell you they play it to win. And that's really my mentality and where I'm at. And... I think the team understands that. Um, I think it's kind of a mutual, mutual position right now for me to get moved on to, you know, a situation with a chance to win and a team that's you know fighting for the Stanley Cup and and for them here to be able to get assets and you know I understand how rebuilds work and I think it could be mutually beneficial. So that's Jacob Trickin talking about um, you know what's transpired over this off season. Um, and it definitely seems Carl that, uh, it is that he is definitely in that mindset that he wants to move on from the Arizona Coyotes. He wants to be able to play for a team that he will have a chance to compete with. Yeah. Uh, I, I also kind of want to point out it runs contrary to what Bill Armstrong told like fans in the media at the start of, you know, last season where he kind of came out and said like Jacob Chikram was the like untradeable piece. And now we learn that the team had approached him like early on with this kind of offer of like, Hey, if you're not happy, we can ship you out. And, you know, that's a admiral position to like, you know, give a player because you always want to make sure your players are happy, mm -hmm. but that you don't need to say that like you have an untradeable piece and then like be like actively having conversations about trading him. That yeah. to me feels like 
I said it on another podcast uh, at the end of last season, like Bill Armstrong's position on Jacob Chikrin has been one of his few slights as GM and sure it may make his bargaining position better for him to like be saying that Jacob Chikrin's untradeable, but I don't think it makes the position with fans better. Absolutely. Um, and did they just say untradeable or is it untouchable? I think they said they yeah. used the word untouchable. Yeah, but like, same, I get, but it, same, but same context for the most part. Um, and I get what you're, I get what you're saying. The fact that he said that last off season and towards the beginning of the last season, he, um, that's what we're finding out now. That 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 he that Chickwin was approached with that information and that offer, um, and you know, and and maybe that kind of played into the way he played too because he's like you know that's a, a lot of that's a thing to kind of emotionally put on on somebody right even like he's still young he, like all he's ever known was the O's and the coyotes but you're giving him the chance like yeah but you know like i like this team but at the same time like i want to compete you know i want a chance to win a stanley cup i just don't know if this team's gonna do it for me like that's a that's an emotional freaking like a lot emotional baggage right there yeah and, and i will say like we are just hearing Jacob Chikrin's side of it, like, and he, like, him saying, like, they approached me with this conversation, like, that, that kind of, like, you know, if one of my bosses approached me and, like, hey, we know you may not like it with the company for the next couple of years, and if you want to go someplace else, we could facilitate that. That says something different than. I approached them and said, like, I want to be competitive. And, you know, if a company said that to me, like, I may, I would take them off on that offer. Like, I would be like, if you're coming to me saying this, like, okay, maybe you don't necessarily value me the same way. Uh, but we also don't know, like, what, like, if they did the same thing with Clayton Keller and it was just like, no, I want to stay or Nick Schmaltz. Uh, we just like, you know, Chickren's name showed up in the rumors early on. So we're just kind of dealing with the fact that the timeline started way earlier than I think anyone thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, and, it, and you know, it's un, it's unfortunate because obviously so many fans here in Arizona adore freaking Jacob Chickren. Like he's, he's done a lot for this team. He was the de facto captain pick like in the off season last year, mm-hmm. like before the, the Clinton Keller Renaissance, like Jacob Chikrin was the like presumed captain of the Arizona coyotes. Absolutely. Right. And a lot of people were talking to him. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, and even, even like, and maybe it's because of the idea that Bill Armstrong ingrained into our heads, the fact that he wasn't going to get moved, that he was untouchable. And he's like, okay, we're getting the idea, but the team loves him so much. And that he likes being here. Um, that he's a captain. He's captain worthy. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. If the Coyotes knew starting last pre preseason that Chicken was probably not going to be in their plans, I think they should have drafted a little bit differently because I don't think they have the blue line to like fit their rebuild timeline like what do you think 
They don't. I mean, like, they've got good young defensemen, but none of them can kind of fill that role, in my mind. Yeah. Like, you really have to, like, be hoping that Victor Soderstrom is ahead because other than that, I don't think the Coyotes have a top two defenseman in their stable or anyone even close to being that. No, they don't. And that's the thing that they have to figure out, right? They have to figure out how they're going to take care of that. Um, and I think this it's interesting because they should have thought about it, right? They should have yeah. thought they should have thought this through. Um, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, it, it does really feel like a, a situation where, you know, the Coyotes better hope they get a good return from Jacob Chikrin because mm-hmm. I'm not sure that, you know, based on what he said, the relationship is tenable. I do think there's always, like, the chance that both sides could change. Like, it's happened before. Like, a player's like, yeah, they they were shopping me, and the team was like, yeah, we were, but, you know, he had a good season. Things changed. We, fit, we fixed our plans. That's what you want a good, responsible, responsive, you know, front office to do, but I, I don't see that happening in this case. I'm not like, you know, I'm not sure if there's going to be a team that like answers Bill Armstrong's call, but now you may have to take a loss. Like, I don't know what kind of impact this is going to have on the locker room, which we just talked about missing like key pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we, we're talking about Jacob Chikrin and, you know, his request to be traded and, well, his uh, decision to take upon the offer to be traded from the Arizona Coyotes, um, I guess is the way to put it. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. But first, I want to tease you, tease a little bit of things for you guys because this weekend we finally got some preseason action. Two, quote, home games for the Arizona Coyotes for preseason against the St. Louis Blues and Anaheim Ducks. The first game this weekend against the Blues is over in uh, Wichita, Kansas which is an interesting one. And then the uh, the second, back here in Arizona, the only preseason game in Arizona, but not here in the Valley, in Tucson, home of the Tucson Roadrunners. We're going to talk about that uh, and recap them as much as we can on the next episode, or the, yeah, the next episode of Locked On Coyotes. But let's get back to talking about Jacob Trickman. So, Carl, now we know he wants to be traded and he wants to move on from Arizona. Um, and if, if you were Bill Armstrong, what, what, what steps are you going to be making now? Because the, um, they obviously need to do something, right? You talked about defense, that they need to, they need to take care of that. Um, and you also, also got to keep in mind that you got to consider the return. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't know what Bill Armstrong is going to do because I don't know what teams are offering because, you know, it feels like Ottawa is pushing hard and they've been rumored to be on chicken for a while. And, you know, with a story like this coming out and changing the landscape of Jacob Chikrin, like, I do kind of wonder if they do, like, a big final push at the end 
because otherwise I think it's going to be like, this isn't going to happen until like midway through the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of discussions that has to be made. Ottawa, yeah, you're right. They're the only team that's actually making a push, it seems like. But yeah. the other question is, would Jacob Chikrin want to play for a team like Ottawa? Because he said he wants to win. He wants to try to win a Stanley Cup. And yeah, it, it. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in what the Ottawa Senators did the off season. Uh, you don't seem to either. Uh, so that will be interesting. Uh, I don't think he has. Does he have any kind of protection on his contract? I no, I don't think so. No, uh, he's got one more year left of, and then and then ap- I think after that, a no trade clause, a no movement clause yeah. does get put into effect. So you know, the Coyotes could theoretically like ship him out. Uh, not ideal for like building a reputation among players because I do think the Coyotes need to maintain this kind of narrative that. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna treat you right if you come here. Like, right, we're in a rebuild. It's a bad situation, but like what they did with Phil Castle, like that was kind of like a propaganda move as much as anything else aimed at the players. So I don't think they should like ship Trickrin out to a team he absolutely doesn't want to go for. But you know, Jacob Trickrin is not the first player to have a preseason press conference where he says that he you know, requested a trade or agreed to a trade or anything like that. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. And those players have stuck with the team for, you know, 20 games it is, up to the trade deadline, even the full season. It is worth saying that too, because he was asked that. And obviously I didn't include it in the audiogram because that would have gone to like four minutes long or whatever. But he also asked about too, like, now what's your mentality? What's your mentality and kind of knowing that you've requested this, I don't know what the timeline is. And he's just like, well, just go in and kind of just do business as usual because that's kind of what my job is. I'm a hockey player. You know, I just got to yeah. do just do my job. Um, and, I mean, that's that's the answer you're looking for, right? You want to make – because, like, even though I said it might have affected him when he got – when this offer came in last season, you know, I'd have seen a little bit of that. Like, now that he knows this is – like, you know, knows his decision and knows what's going on, he can be like, all right, we ha- like the, the rest is out of my hands. I just need to play hockey. Yeah. And also, like, it's no longer as much of a rumor. Like, he basically confirmed kind of the situation. And most of last season was speculation on it. Right. It kept coming up because I'm sure, like, you know, there was smoke, but know nothing ever happened like it definitely seems like that is going to be more the case um but it should also be said that he is not going to start the season with the team i don't think i think he's still dealing with some residual injuries. yeah he's still he's still dealing with some in, some injury stuff uh he talked about that in this press conference too he's feeling pretty good um but he's taking it day by day to see if he, when he's when he's ready to re- return back to the ice yeah uh, so potentially starts the season with the team, potentially doesn't. But we don't That's know. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since no GMs of professional hockey teams listen to this podcast, I will say that Jacob Chikrin's injuries, uh, potential point of concern for like 
a player to build your blue line around, but you know, it's not like the Coyotes have better better options right now, unless you know Victor Sostrom has a great season, uh, which he hasn't yet, unfortunately. But yeah, he. I thought he did like better in the NHL than he seemed to play in the AHL, which you know happens. But I don't know. Like, I I really don't know what the Coyotes' blue line is going to be. They better like that prospect better be a defenseman that the Coyotes are seeking, which I mean, given the fact that we were also talking about them, maybe getting a goalie prospect out of it. Like, I I just don't know. The draft makes less sense with this move. Yes. Um, I mean, information. I mean, the only thing you can think of is like, yeah, they drafted a, a defenseman in the, uh, in the first round, but that's like literally the last pick of the first round. And just like, does it even well, like not the yep. last, last pick, but like late, late enough in the first round where he's like, is this practically a second round pick? Is he is like, and we, and we, and we even heard about, we heard from our, um, you know, one of our prospects experts too. Maverick Lamaru isn't that great. Is he good? I mean, he was good enough to get drafted. Right. But yeah, he's not, He's not going to freaking spark fire. I mean, it is definitely a, I think, smart move to draft a player who you believe will be a consistent NHL defenseman, uh, and, even if they're like a third line. Uh, and that's the thing but, is they is his uh, his ceiling like that's the reason why they drafted him because his ceiling yeah. might have been low, but his floor was high. Yeah, I do think that they could have gotten players in the second round, though, who had a higher ceiling uh, and players who are defensemen, too. Like, and you could have, you know, attempted to build the team around that. Like, just, I, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is how early this seemed to be happening and how the Coyotes seem to have not planned around losing Jacob Chikrin. Like they were so focused they, on their forwards that it was that that we got it's it's weird because like you can't say we got blindsided by this because we've been rumoring it all this entire damn time. Yeah, but but the rumor always was like that Bill Armstrong was listening to offers. And maybe we were and I was naive for believing that but I do kind of think that, like, if, like, the plan started last offseason to move out Jacob Chikrin, they, like... And he hasn't moved yet. Yeah. That that speaks to a failure of that plan. That speaks to a failure to, like, do anything to kind of move that forward. Because it also speaks to an overvalue, potentially an overvaluation of Jacob Chikrin. It does, um, yeah. He's good, yes. But the thing is, if no one has bitten in this long time, th- there's an overvaluation somewhere. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you could try to make the argument that other teams are undervaluing him because he's playing for Arizona and the fact that in whatever. But I don't know what it is. Like, but there's it's very well it seems like it's the, it's the former. There is a little bit yeah. of there's a little bit of overvaluation here. 
Um, and the fact, and because of that, maybe offers have been put on the table, but the thing is that it was nowhere even near what Bill Armstrong thought would be a good value. So he just would be like, mm, nah. Yeah. This was honestly probably one of the worst press conferences that Bill Armstrong could have because Jacob Chickren set the record straight on what the situation was. I appreciate him doing it, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it does seem to weaken the Coyotes' position from a you know bargaining standpoint. And their bargaining I mean, power has been reduced significantly. Yeah, and you know I'm not going to blame Ch- Jacob Chickren for reducing that. That this should have happened already if that was really the plan. If it was going back to last off season where they're approaching him about this unless he is like saying something different than what the coyotes believe happened, like something seems off. Something does seem off, but we'll have to, you know, get more info as we know it and talk about it as it comes up. But any final thoughts that you do want to share before we close things off? Uh, This has become a much more interesting season drama wise. So Look forward to that. <laughs> it gives us content to actually talk about rather than just like, oh, they lost again. Yep. Uh, Chikrin Trade Watch 2022 begins now. We will, ha- we, we will be on that watch all season long until it actually happens. But that's going to be it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe. If you have yet to already, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and, of course, also on the 12 News app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes, on Instagram at Locked On Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio Carl Pavlock. Is that Carl Pavlock at Interact with us. Ask a question you might have. We might answer right back. Or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyote Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Howl on!